Hey everybody, and welcome to Rabbit's Ramblings, podcast 342. I don't have a whole lot to say this time. I did get a game on sale that is a couple of years old, so I have some uh, sort of early thoughts on Call of Cthulhu, and that's it for this time. Hopefully, you'll enjoy the show. Call of Cthulhu is a cosmic horror game, and it released, I believe, in 2018, so it's at least two years old. Cosmic horror is a genre which has had very few games, and they've been uh, sort of few and far between over the years. Call of Cthulhu is based in the pen and paper role-playing game of the same name, which was based on short stories told by several different people most notably is H.P. Lovecraft. I've played for somewhere between three and six hours, and it seems like my choices are maybe just now starting to affect how the story goes. In one of the last conversations I had, there was a note that showed up on the screen that said, your choices will affect how your destiny plays out. So I do think there probably are uh, multiple endings, though I haven't uh, double-checked to confirm that. Up until that point, though, it's been a linear story so far, and it seems like it's kind of on rails and that you must complete this area before you move on to the next area. And in some cases, it seems like it absolutely won't let you miss any of uh, certain clues before you can pass on. There's this one thing called investigation mode where you sort of look at a scene and get certain clues And that's, like I said, one of those things that it's like it won't let you exit that mode until you've found all of the critical clues. It seems like a very intriguing story so far, and I'm interested to see where it goes as a fan of cosmic horror. I'm not sure it would be interesting for someone who isn't a fan of cosmic horror, especially since it's set, I think, somewhere in the early 1900s, so it feels really slow-paced, and the game overall is kind of a slower-paced game. As interesting as it seems, the game does, however, have a few flaws in its execution. Most notable are the character animations. These seem like badly done puppets. Heads or arms will move at extreme angles or in ways that they shouldn't be moving. There are also kind of mini cutscenes at times, Like your character will enter a room and it will change to a pre-rendered cutscene version of your character entering a room, but only for 5 or 10 seconds. So I don't get why they don't just do this in the game engine, because it's really jarring to sort of pop in and out of these scenes as often as it does. Additionally, in some of these, the volume will change in either intensity or sometimes intensity and direction, which becomes very noticeable if it's a longer cutscene. Like, if your volume was, say, at level 10, then in the same scene, when it moves into a cutscene-like cut, it might drop to somewhere between volume level 6 to 8, 
and then it jumps back to 10 when you go back into the regular game engine. Which, in shorter scenes especially, this gets really jarring as the sound sort of comes back immediately upon return sometimes. This is a smaller studio, and while immersion-breaking, these aren't really game-breaking bugs. They're just things that will kind of bother you. So since this is a smaller indie studio, I'm willing to forgive these. This is primarily a puzzle-solving and stealth-based game. I haven't done any combat, uh, either in fighting or shooting at all. I don't know if there is any. So if you are into more of a story-based puzzle-solving kind of game, especially if you like uh, cosmic horror, you might want to check it out. I'm not sure how linear it is in the playthrough, though. I think I've been through about four sections, and they've been 30 to 60 minutes each, and they all seemed uh, totally linear so far. I pretty much had to do everything to completion before I would progress to the next scene. Like I said, right before I finished my last play session, I did have a few different looking options in terms of how the conversation went, so maybe it will start to branch out more, but it seemed pretty much like a fixed path so far. If you are a fan of Cosmic Horror and can get it on sale for 20 bucks or less, I'd say this would probably be one I'd recommend picking up. Since I haven't finished yet, though, I don't know how much there is to it. At this time, like I said, I've only played about maybe six hours so far, maybe even as few as four. And due to the technical issues and what I'd guess is more linear of a gameplay story than not, I would probably avoid paying a higher price tag unless you are okay with spending more, because I don't think it will have a high replay value, even if there are uh, different endings or different options as to how your character can go, which was one of the big reasons I was most interested in the game uh, back in the day, was that it supposedly does allow for quite a bit of uh, optional storytelling (laughs) as you go along in your path. But I don't know, because it is seemingly a linear story, I don't know how interesting that would be to play through uh, multiple times. That's all my thoughts uh, so far. From the newsroom. It's not really news this time, so much as just stuff to keep an eye out for. There is a Spirit Blossom Festival happening in Legends of Runeterra right now. I think also League of Legends, if you're into that. Uh, I played it very briefly for like six months years ago and haven't gone back. There are a few things free, but mostly it's sort of a very short season pass, which ends on August 19th at 10 a.m. Pacific time. It does cost 975 coins to sort of unlock the pass. So if you want the stuff beyond the free stuff, you basically have to pay 10 bucks. That seems kind of pricey for something that's only going to be around for a month and most of the rewards you have to earn by actually playing and doing different quest type things. You do get a super cute uh, companion pet to put on your board right away so I guess that's kind of fair because you get that right away but I don't know if you can't get very far and progress uh, along in the path you know it's certainly not going to be worth as much as somebody who could. So it seems kind of unfair to charge, you know, a fixed price if you're not going to get fixed rewards for it, especially uh, if you don't unlock a whole lot of stuff. I don't know. 
Remnant from the Ashes has a new DLC coming August 20th called Subject 2923. It doesn't have a pre-order price yet. Uh, it is supposed to be out on the 20th, so I don't know why that doesn't uh, show up on the Steam system as you know having that date and a price yet. Hopefully they'll put that out soon, because that's just in a few weeks. Sadly, this is the last DLC they're making for the game. Uh, they haven't said why, and they aren't uh, responding to people who are asking why. There is a Q&A coming up uh, soon, so maybe they will answer why then. I think somebody did mention Gunfire Games, who makes it, is working on another game, so I would guess, since they're a smaller studio, that's probably going to take too much of their attention, and they want to just, you know, give people a heads up not to, you know, keep waiting for more DLC. I don't know, like I said, they haven't uh, given a reason why it's the last DLC yet. Marvel's Avengers is a game I haven't played yet. I guess this is technically something like the fourth game in the series. But it actually looks kind of interesting. They are having an open beta for all platforms. That's PC, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One on August 21st. I don't know for how long. Uh, I would guess at least a weekend, probably maybe even a couple weeks. I don't know. But if you're like me and you haven't played it yet and you think it looks interesting, uh, keep an eye out for that. And that's it for the uh, Not Totally News. that's it for this podcast. Everything is still uh, really terrible for me. Everything is still closed. So, you know, just like, you know, 135 days ago when this all started, I'm still in the same position and having, you know, pretty much extremely limited access to internet and basically almost no access to power. I suppose the good news is the second stimulus check has pretty much been stated that it's going to happen. I guess uh, it's still going through the process of exactly what uh, will be in it and, you know, finalized. But I guess apparently another 1200 is guaranteed so far, uh, plus maybe some other benefits. I don't know. I guess we'll see uh, when that gets finalized. It's supposed to have some kind of deadline by August 8th. I don't know. The last July deadline came and went and nothing seemed to matter for that. So I don't know how important uh, having an August 8th deadline is. But I guess apparently that is something to look forward to, and if slash when that happens, and if slash when uh, I get more money, I can certainly look at getting a new laptop uh, finally. I think I mentioned before I was looking at the Acer Predator 300 as my uh, most likely option. I, I may or may not have mentioned that on the podcast, I do know that I was talking about the Asus A15 on the podcast, but as more and more sort of in-depth reviews of that came out, uh, more and more reviewers were upset. Temperatures, because it apparently maxes out on temperature after like 10 minutes, even just surfing the web. 
In addition to that, it had a really terrible monitor in terms of color representation. I think its uh, Adobe rating was something like 50% color accuracy. And then on top of that, it was like the most horrible uh, refresh rate uh, ever. It's 144 hertz, which means it's really fast, but there's also this sort of gray-to-gray transition term. I forget the exact name for it. But it's basically how fast the pixels can actually change because the refresh rate, that 144 hertz, is how many frames per second it can display. But in terms of how fast the pixels can actually change is a different rating. And apparently that rating on the Asus A15 model and I guess the A14 is something like 20 to 30 milliseconds when pretty much every other monitor on the market is somewhere between 3 and 5. So this is a really slow monitor for gaming. Some of the reviewers said they didn't notice any bad quality about it, but others said if you are into playing faster games, you will definitely notice uh, some sort of smearing of colors. It won't be quite as fast as it should be. So that got bumped off my list, and then the new... Acer Predator Helios 300 2020 version came out, and that is $1,200 for a good screen. It's 144 hertz uh, in terms of speed. It's something like 3 milliseconds in the uh, changing speed, so it's you know an appropriately fast monitor. It's not super color accurate, though it's only something like 75% color accurate, but it has an RTX 2060. So it's got solid graphics and a solid monitor. So that was the one I was looking at getting if a second stimulus didn't come. Since a second stimulus is pretty much guaranteed now, I guess, I am hoping to hang on for an Asus Strix G15, which is really confusing because they have that Asus Tough A15, which is terrible. But the Strix G15 is really good. That one is... 1500 so it's quite a bit more but it also has a 240 hertz screen so it's way faster that screen is 99% color accurate so that is way better for content creation as well as having an RTX 2070 graphics so it's about 15% better uh, than the 2060 so all of that is better uh, significantly so hopefully I'll be able to get that one and it's not actually out yet. Most places list it, but it's not out, I guess. So hopefully the second stimulus will come. I will have the money to do that, and then I will have a really good uh, laptop. I would still like a 17-inch, but all of the 17-inch models I see everywhere are basically lower specs, and they're in that sort of medium uh, monitor quality range, unless you spend uh, a ton of money. I would love to have, you know, 2200 to spend on the really good Asus Strix G17, which that one has a 300 megahertz monitor, Pantone certified 100% color accuracy, and like a 2070 Super, so it's just ridiculous specs. But, you know, there's no way I have that much more to spend. You know, when that second stimulus comes, I can also pay for you know, a bunch of bills for a while, so that would be 
uh, also really helpful for that. And I'd be able to buy a couple games. Um, probably not enough to talk about a new one every three weeks, because I think I'll only be able to afford two or three games total, <laughs> so I'll still be quite short for uh, content to talk about. But, you know, with the option to play any new game, uh, as opposed to now, which I'm held back by my system and it won't run uh, most new games, you know, the option will be there and that will be uh, a lot better. So I guess that's it uh, for this time. I don't know uh, what I'll talk about next time in three weeks, but hopefully uh, I'll think up something. And hopefully uh, everybody can hang on and uh, be okay in these terrible times. And hopefully I'll see everybody then. Okay, thanks, bye. You have been listening to Rabbit's Ramblings. If you would like to see the show notes or feed the bunny by sending a donation, you can find the show website at www.rabbit.com slash podcast slash rabbitsramblings.html. When you type Rabbit's Ramblings, don't use the space. If you would like to send me an email, you can do so at rabbit at rabbit.com. If you like my page, you can also post on Facebook at rabbit.com. You can follow me on YouTube at rabbitdot.com. I have a page on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash rabbit, R-A-B-B, number one T. You can set up a monthly recurring subscription there at a price point of your choice. Be sure to put the number 1 in place of I anytime you type rabbit. Rabbit's Ramblings is copyright Eric Stryker using a Creative Commons attribution non-derivatives license 2020.